What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously in your mind and in the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset, your behavior, to get control of your thought processes, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. So here we are, guys, in episode 30. And um, if you remember last week, 29, I spoke with Mr. Adam Blasky of London Clubhouse. And uh, he's also created a new company now called Productive Partners. But um, I hope hope you're all doing well. I know that it has been a good run of guest speakers. And I've had a lot of different people in here talking, um, including Adam and then Duke Long from New York City a couple of weeks back. And then prior to him, we had Damien Brown of Standard Access, the locking company, the lock, uh, the smart lock company. And then we were talking to Thomas O'Connell from Moby uh, Electric Bikes. And today you're going to have just me all on my lonely, lonely self, giving you some of my uh, advice in uh, real estate investment and all that kind of stuff. And um, before I do, I thought I'll just go into my usual kind of update and tell you that the, the, uh, the, well, the Facebook group, first of all, the Behind the Facade community, we're at around 240 members. I haven't been doing a huge amount there and um, I still have a bit of work to do on that. But I just, as, as always, I point you towards that group if you would like to follow me. This week, I'm going to be speaking about debt and um and dealing with debt and having the discipline to deal with debt. But before that, I think I'll just tell you about the week that I've had. And it's been one of those super busy, active weeks. And um, on Monday, I had a deadline to get a chapter for a book that I'm contributing to. And it's it's a book that the charity book, it's, um, it's a book by one of our listeners. And all of the proceeds are going to go to charity foundation called Cleaners Foundation. And they are... They're a, a charity that basically helps parents that are dealing with children who are in palliative care. And it's a, anyone who understands what that means is, you know, it's a particularly difficult thing to deal with. And so uh, my heart goes out to anyone who has to deal with that kind of thing. I have five children. And so this is kind of a dear to my heart. So I have contributed a chapter to that book or a section to that book. And it's on the corporate headquarters and the future of work and all that kind of stuff. Then on Wednesday of this week, I was speaking at the Ricotech conference in Helsinki, uh, Finland. And well, it was a virtual attendee attendance, but it was a super, super slick operation. And I was so impressed by this. I mean, if this is the future of conferences, then wow. It's, um, you know, I've, I've been to lots of conferences over the years and they can be fun things to go to, but, you know, flying and getting hotels and all that, it's expensive and it's also time consuming. And so the ability to just like flip a switch and next minute you're in the conference watching. And I've got all these people connecting with me via LinkedIn and stuff. So very interesting. And um, that conference is on every year and it's, it's, it's all about prop tech or real estate innovation and technology in the sort of particular area around the Nordic region. And, um, you know, those guys are very, very forward thinking. And especially I know Denmark is, is you know, they're talking about the, 
the uh, carbon free city by 2025, which is just an, an incredible um, achievement if they manage to pull that off. And so my talk was on the new normal and it's all tied into COVID-19 and the, the impact of COVID-19 on the office. So the question or the, the title of my speech was new normal office or no office. And I went into the future of work and you guys have heard a lot of that stuff here before. And then I was asked to chair a panel on air quality. And um, I had three guests that I was kind of um, drawing answers out of. And it was very interesting, actually. These guys, they're in technology companies that sense air quality and stuff. And so you're sitting in your home and you think you've got good air quality. I mean, first of all, there's, a, there's the problem called radon. There's that, um, it's like an invisible gas that gives you cancer or whatever. But then there's also just the, the, the level of CO2 and the level of... I suppose, you know, um, pollution in the air, things like that. These guys have created technologies that allow you to monitor that and just get the best performance. And it's either for domestic sort of use or for office use. And obviously in an office, there's all sorts of additional sides to it because the ability of you to create the most effective workforce is all down to having guys that are on their game, that are sharp, that are kind of cognitively enhanced, we'll say, and that does not happen if you're breathing in kind of stale air and things like that. It's very important that you have fresh air and that's not being recirculated and things like that. It needs to be fresh from outside. And so these guys went into that. I'm actually going to ask one or two of them to join us on the podcast in a couple of weeks for just a discussion on, on that, because I do think it is something that we all kind of need to be aware of. Then on Friday, I had another deadline, book deadline, and this one was for a submission that I'm doing to a, I'm a co-authoring a book with 21 other people. And the book is actually called Your Best Life. And I'm going to go into that in a little bit, um, a little later today. Um, for now, I'm just going to tell you what my next thing I had to do this week would. Believe it or not, I was in a, an international speech contest, a humorous speech contest. And I have made it all the way to round three, but the t competition got very very good and so I didn't make it through so I'm a bit kind of uh, peeved about that I put a lot of work into it and I wrote a pretty funny speech and I reckoned that um, I was I was in with a good chance but uh, lo and behold the judges didn't believe so and so I got passed over um, incidentally just to let you guys know that contest was organized by Toastmasters and anyone who is interested in boosting their confidence and all that kind of stuff toastmasters is a really really good thing to kind of take up and consider joining i would have in my 20s i think i probably would have gone along to one meeting and i can remember being instantly turned off because i think it was very formal and people were in jackets and ties and all this kind of stuff and i just remember thinking not not for me i'm out of here and that was the last thing but when i joined um when i when i got involved in the running of east point one of the uh, clubs is actually based in East Point. And so the, the guys that are in that club asked me, would I like to kind of come along and join? So I did and really, really enjoying it. And all of my speaking that I've done in London and now in Helsinki and various places, like all of that is actually as a consequence of joining Toastmasters. So if any of you guys are kind of thinking that you'd like to boost confidence, improve leadership skills, work on your professional development, your career prospects, how to kind of deal with interviews, all of that kind of stuff. I mean, public speaking is just one small part of it. All that other stuff 
is part of it. And so you guys should really con consider joining Toastmasters. And my little bit of advice would be have a look at the different clubs out there. There are corporate and there are community clubs. And just to kind of spell out the difference between the two, a corporate club is based around kind of work. Uh, usually it's sort of run by an office or something like that. And then there's the community clubs, which are, you know, a locality or something like that. And um, the difference, as far as I can see, is our club, the club that I run, I'm now the president of our club. And it is, it's a one hour meeting every second Thursday. And we start the meeting, we have a couple of people will give a speech, a couple of people will get up and do some sort of talking exercise or whatever. And that's it, bang, one o'clock, it's done. And you wanna see the improvements, some of the, the, the guys that have come in, they come in and they're really shy and they're kind of unable to kind of stand up and put their hand up and even speak and stuff. And now like they're standing up in front of people giving speeches and really impressive to see, you know, the, the, the improvements that they've made. Uh, community club slightly different because those things are in the evening usually and um, I've gone to one or two of them and it starts sometimes it starts at seven sometimes it starts at eight and they can go on for kind of two hours and they they try to pack a lot more stuff into it and there's a break where you have tea and biscuits and stuff and I, I like I just don't have that kind of time available so for me corporate club is the way to go and I, I prefer to be mixing with kind of corporate people guys that are career focused and guys that are kind of you know they've got somewhere to be whereas a community club you might find that it's a lot um, of older people that are kind of you know it's it's kind of a nice social outing as far as they're concerned and so just give that some thought anyone can join any meeting nowadays because it's a virtual world we're living in you no longer need to be in the area and so i believe it or not i actually invited one of our listeners chris uh, who's based in california in the us i invited him to attend one of my meetings in my club and i think he had to get up at 5 a.m or something to join the club meeting because we're at one and he's in california but he joined in and actually had a great time and it was really interesting to kind of get chris's take on it and so i'm just extending out an invite anybody who's interested in joining uh, a meeting that i host in my club um, you're more than welcome and I, and I really mean that like you guys I would love to have you guys join in and um, what I've actually done in order to make that possible I've created up a meetup.com group and I'll put a link in the show notes but the meetup.com group is called EI Toastmasters and the idea behind it is to just post the, the various meetings that I'm having and that way you guys can just decide whether or not you want to join in or not and um, you're gonna you can click the button follow it and then you know I'll, I'll reach out to you and i'll get your details and i'll send you an agenda and a zoom link for the meeting or whatever and there's actually a meeting coming up um well there's a meeting this week for people who are interested but uh, there's actually a bigger meeting coming up that i think i might tell you about and it's on the 3rd of december i'm organizing a kind of uh, i suppose it's it's kind of a, a showcase for toastmasters in ireland and the the showcase is going to be on um, the club uh, not no not our club on the actual organization itself in ireland and um, it, we're, we've got sort of past presidents we've got various people they're talking about you know the development of the club in ireland and then the the current focus of the club uh, not the club the, of the organization 
in the island of Ireland and then beyond um, into the future, kind of how Toastmasters in general is looking at expanding into, um, and there's a big focus on corporate clubs going forward. So anyway, just thought I'd mention that. And um, it's something that anybody who is interested anyway, coming along, have a look at my new meetup group. And the reason I also brought that up is because I have created a group called the Behind the Facade group as well. And I'm going to be putting the link down in the show notes below. But the reason I've done this is probably more to, you know, interesting to you guys is I have an interest, I have plans to do webinars and various kind of events, uh, educational kind of events in the coming weeks and months. And I just thought rather than posting it on Facebook exclusively, which is kind of, I suppose not everyone is on Facebook, first of all. And um, so by putting it in Meetup, this means that you guys can find the dates and you can put it into your calendar. And unlike before, where I've started like a, one of my live Q&A sessions and people have just joined if they happen to be sitting at the computer, this would be something that you can actually put down and you can make, you, you know, you can make a plan to actually sit in and attend that. And it, it will send you a ticket with the um, with the login details and all that kind of stuff. So it won't be as hit and miss and kind of random as before. So you will find that in meetup.com and I'm going to put a link in the show notes below. By the way, that does not replace the current Facebook group at all by any means, but I just thought that, um, you know, the ability to have the, the ticketing and the schedule event and things like that is kind of important. So guys, this week I am thinking about doing taking on a challenge and I'm going to tell you a little bit about this challenge first of all what kind of inspired me to take on the challenge is I'm in the middle of this great book and I'm sure many of you have heard of it it's by a guy called David Goggins and the book is called Can't Hurt Me and David is this incredible uh, endurance athlete athlete who has gone through some real struggles in life Going reading through his book, I've realized, wow, you know, some people have got such a hard upbringing. His father was a very abusive man and used to beat him and his mother um, like all the time. And they got some serious beatings where, you know, they had to go into hospital and things like that. And this this, you know, background and then and then David, he, David is a is a black man living in America and he was in a town that. Uh, I think he was like the only black guy going to a, a, a school that had every other kid was white. And so he kind of stood out. And and obviously there is, you know, there's racist issues and stuff like that in the US. And um, so he got, you know, various names called at him in school and things like that. And he internalized a lot of this kind of abuse and things like that. And he ended up kind of a messed up kid. And at some point in his life, he decided that he was going to change the uh, change the record basically and he just just took all of that crap that he had dealt with in the past and turned it into kind of fuel to make him one of the most one of the strongest people on earth and what i mean i don't mean physically strongest but well he is actually one of the strongest but he's become this incredible endurance athlete who's run you know 100 mile races and he's done all these incredible feats of strength and stuff and endurance and for example he has the uh, record, the Guinness record for the most pull-ups done in 24 hours. And what he actually, he set the record in just 17 hours. He did 4,030 pull-ups in 17 hours. 
And uh, anyway, so in this book, he outlines various challenges at the end of each chapter. And there's one in particular called the 4 by 4 by 48 which a good friend of mine, Brady, has just finished. Shout out to Brady. Well done, Brady. Um, Brady did this during the week and he posted it on his social media. And uh, I'm in a WhatsApp group with, with uh, Brady. And he and just he posted these short videos when he was in the middle of his runs in the middle of the night. And I just got so inspired by it. So I'm making a public declaration that this coming Friday... And that's going to be, what date will that be? Let me just get the date, the calendar out. But that's going to be Friday the 27th. I'm going to be at 8 p.m. I'm going to be going for my first four-mile run. So the 4 by 4 by 48 is at 8 p.m. I'm going to go out and do my first four-mile run. Then at midnight, I'm going to go for my next four-mile run. It's every four hours. And then at 4 a.m., you go for your next four-mile run. And then at eight and then at 12 and then at two at four, it goes like that. It's basically a, a four hour, four mile run every four hours around the clock for 48 hours. And at the end of it, you'll have done 12 rounds and a total of 48 miles. And so it's all about mental toughness. It's all about just kind of putting yourself out of your comfort zone. And um, one of the reasons why I do this, I'm going to get into today a little bit later uh, but I just thought I'd sort of set that public de- declaration. One of the things that if you're going to do something that's really tough and kind of stands out as, you know, not average, then you got to make a public declaration because it's so uncomfortable that it's way too easy. Just think to yourself, yeah, I'll do that next week. And then it doesn't actually happen and it doesn't come around. So I'm going to be posting this probably in my social media as well because I want to get myself, hold myself fully accountable for it. As I mentioned, I am co-authoring a new book called Your Best Life, which incidentally, I think actually is going to go live today on Amazon. And so I'm going to put a link in the show notes below where you guys can go and get that at a very special discount rate. I think we're actually managing, it's like a promo rate thing. We're managing to get the price down as low as, um, I think it's 99 cent or something like that. So less than a euro or about i think it's like 80 pence sterling or something like that but the idea is you know you guys will go out and buy these things this will be a fantastic book for christmas if you want to kind of give it to friends and family like stocking fillers or whatever and what it is is myself and 21 other people there's a gang of 22 of us and we've gotten together we all kind of know each other brady's actually one of the guys in this as well and um we're setting ourselves you know, the, the, we've written about challenges or struggles that we've had in life and things where we've had this like moment where everything's kind of changed. And um, in my case, I'm going to talk a little bit about it today. But, you know, we all have these stories that we tell ourselves and, and then we kind of deal with them in certain ways. And it gives us a perspective or an insight and a valuable lesson learned. And so I decided to go real deep in my in my case, the chapter that I've written is all about the kind of the fallout and how I dealt with the the stuff that happened after the global financial crisis of 2008. And I know I've mentioned this before. Um, I think episode eight, I went into my best deals and my worst deals. And I think I described some of the kind of the nightmare scenarios that I had to deal with after the, 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 um, the crash of 2008. It was pretty difficult. 
But I never went into the real detail and, and, and painted some of the kind of the messiness that, you know, that was created by that stuff. And so I do in this particular chapter that I've written in that book. And the chapter is called Your Failures Do Not Define You. And the reason I wanted to talk about that today is because it's all linked to my relationship with debt. And I, when I was getting interested in property and stuff like that, the funny thing is, when I think about it now, go back and look at it, I was actually, I wanted to own everything outright. I didn't want to have any debt at all. I was super conservative in my kind of mindset. And I thought to myself, no, why would I bother having debt? That just like whittles away the profit. Like I'd be far better off just owning it fully myself and then save up for the next property and things like that. So completely clueless, really. That's not how you do property. And what I decided um, when I realized that, okay, so you can use debt to leverage your own capital and you can actually make much, much more money like this. Then I suddenly thought, okay, I now get it. I'm going to go all in and I'm going to try and catch up for the kind of the lost time. And I went, you know, suddenly overnight, everything was turning to gold and I was making so much money. And I've told you some of the stories, you know, some of the great stories where I made, you know, 2.5 million in the space of six weeks and things like that. But the reality is, is I also had some really, really hairy situations where, you know, I was looking at almost looking at bankruptcy at one stage. And, um, and so I'm going to go into that in this book. Um, I go into it in, you know, I only, the, the book, it's only one chapter, so I couldn't go into it in an enormous amount of detail. But I do think it has some very valuable lessons in there. So I would strongly recommend you guys follow the link below. Keep an eye out on my social media for this. I'm going to be promoting this, um, this book because we'd like to sort of try and get it to number one for Christmas. And, um, and so you're going to be talking about you're going to be seeing a lot of it and, and I think it'll be helpful for for many many people and uh, not just property related this is all sorts of stuff like some of the people have dealt with problems like alcoholism and losing loved ones and stuff like that so it's a very very kind of deep book and it's all about mental and physical strength and you know the ability to overcome the odds and I think it's quite an inspiring book so uh, anyway enough about that book I'm actually going to go into some of that today because my relationship with debt, and as I mentioned there before, one of the reasons I started this podcast was because I have some really, really great experiences and some really, really negative experiences around debt. And over the years, you know, it's easy to go out there and start selling yourself as this success story. But one of the reasons why I tell you the kind of the warts and all stories and tell you some of the bad experiences is because I've had this um this kind of eye-opening experience where I realized that, you know, you can actually get caught up. And that's why the ego and the emotion is something that I talk about on this podcast, because you can really get caught up in trying to kind of compare yourself with others and that whole Instagram lifestyle where you are, you know, you're, you're trying to create the perfect lifestyle and you want everyone to know how successful you are. So you post the nicest pictures and all that. And that's all fine and well, but you can get caught up in that so in such to such an extent that your whole life revolves around what other people think and that is just not the way to live and and my relationship with debt got to the point where i was completely obsessed with um deals and i i went and bought a holiday home in spain and this holiday home it was it was a um, it was an apartment uh, right down at the waterfront in this port and 
looking out on all the big huge yachts and stuff it was a really cool apartment i still own it but i'm actually about to sell it and the um what was amazing is i used to fly down there and have this really relaxing time but because i was so interested in deal making and, and all that kind of stuff and i was kind of obsessed with it i can remember i went out and started looking around for deals to do when i was on holiday and ended up buying like this huge shopping center that turned into this massive problem for me later on but i did all of that when i was down there and it was all because it was so easy with debt i can remember i think i needed 600 grand to put a deposit down and i remember ringing my bank and just saying you know will you will you you know put 600 grand into my bank i'm gonna go and pay it to these spanish guys here so i can do this deal and um i have now realized obviously just like how undisciplined i was and one of the reasons i talk about patience and discipline is just because of that it's you really do have to rein yourself in and just be so careful that whatever you're doing has like a very you know logical strategy that you're not just thinking about you know first of all making money for, uh, just for whatever reason uh, you know everyone likes to make money but you've got to think about it and the the ramifications if this doesn't go right because as i've said before the three E's that'll bring you down are your ego, your emotions, or the economy. And in my case, it was a combination of all of those where my ego was driving the decision-making and then the economy tanked and suddenly I'm, you're in free fall. And one of the particular reasons that I kind of started the podcast is because I've had a situation where two members of my family and my, of my wider family committed suicide over the last number of years. And I was close to both of them and um i watched what the aftermath of it is with family loved ones all that kind of stuff and, and how they have to kind of pick up the pieces and it's an incredibly harrowing sight to see and i know that the reasons behind the suicide are related to stress and, dis and, and depression and stuff but most of them have an element of financial situation in there as well and because of that, I'm just very conscious of the fact that I got myself into serious, serious difficulty back around. After 2008, it was kind of 2009, 10, 11. That period was just the most stressful of my life. And I was flying around the world. I was trying to get investors. I was in the Middle East and I was talking to all these investors, trying to drum up support so that they, you know, let, put more money into my projects and all of this. And prior to that, 2008, my life was just this rosy, you know, I was driving the fanciest uh, Audi sports car you can get. I had a, a villa in Spain, a big seven bedroom house in Dublin, penthouse in New York City. I was bringing in, I think, like close to a million a year in passive income. And and so all I was thinking about was the good life. You know, I didn't think about, you know, the negatives and stuff like that. All I could see was, OK, what's the next car going to be or when can I buy the, the, the newest watch or whatever it was? And all of that stuff, you start to realize, God, you know, how shallow it was and, and the amount of crap that I bought, the amount of first class tickets that I took out for no reason other than just to kind of like keep this, this impression, to give everyone this impression that I was this like huge success story. And then three years later, my marriage collapsed. I had to move out and I, all this kind of stuff. And I, it's it's all down to this kind of unhealthy relationship with debt and so one of the reasons i just wanted to kind of go into that is that i just think people need to kind of check themselves sometimes and just make sure that you're evaluating everything because if you think about 
debt in a kind of polarized way like you know this this deal could make you a lot of money but it could also bring everything down are you prepared to roll that i mean would you put all of your net worth on a craps table or on a on a game of 21 or something like that you probably wouldn't and so just think about leverage and things like that in a very careful way and make sure that you have the discipline and the patience to deal with it and so one of the reasons why i actually started doing all of these challenges and the reasons why i find your man david goggins so interesting is that he you know it's all about the mental strength it's all about the mindset it's it's you know it's how strong your mind is and your ability to kind of resist what it is you want to do like you want to stop i'm doing the iron man um in cork next year next august the 15th of august so i have a lot of training to do I mean, I don't find the training that easy, you know, to go out for a five or six hour bike ride. And then when you come home, have to run for an hour. Like, that's not fun. It's not something that I enjoy in in terms of like hurting my body. But I do think it is the kind of way of strengthening your mind, pushing yourself to do stuff. And that way, when the easy decisions are in front of you, say you've got a load of money sitting in the bank and you're thinking, right, I could I could retire some debt or I could, you know, go and buy a new car. And back in 2008, that's what I would do. I would sort of, I'd make a half a million and rather than throw it on top of the loans and, and pay down some of my debt, I'd be going and buying the latest car or something like that. And it was just, it kind of got crazy to the point where I was, you know, I was a debt junkie. I was out of control. And, um, and in the end, I ended up in the Middle East and I ended up um, away from my children for months. Uh, well, for I think I think it was six, seven weeks I'd be gone for. Then I'd come back and I'd have them for a couple of weeks and then I'd be gone again. And my girls were so young at the time that, you know, I missed some of those great years that you have with your children when they're young. And, and you know, those are those years I can't get back. And, and so I really regret them. But there was this period where I suddenly realized, you know, I kind of hit rock bottom at one stage. I got um, I got this bad news when I was in London and the, the bank that I was, I had a couple of banks chasing me and I've, I, I think I've mentioned this figure before. I had three banks chasing me for 16 million euro and that was 16 million that I didn't have. It was, it was, I was negative 16 million. And at that stage, I started speaking to bankruptcy lawyers and all sorts of stuff because I just didn't know how long it was going to be before my assets were actually going to bounce back in value and get, you know, back out above that 16 million. And, you know, when you're down 16 million, it's very, very hard to see anything in front of you. You're just so focused on the problems that you're having. And that was one of the reasons why my marriage collapsed is just I was kind of in this tunnel vision dealing with these headaches all the time of banks calling me up and every time the phone rang and it was an irish number i was thinking that's either a bank or it's an investor trying to call me going to give me grief or something like that or going to ask me uncomfortable questions so the strain that i was under was unbelievable and i got to the point where i could i could understand although i never may i I never kind of you know thought about it from the point of suicide but i can actually totally understand how people could buckle under the weight of all that stress and um and thankfully you know i'm a resilient guy and i managed to kind of take it but a lot of people didn't have the strength to make it and there's at least 10 people that i'm aware of that that were in the 
property game uh, that took their own lives during that period of time, all because of financial issues. And in fact, a friend of mine is a psychologist and she was telling me that um, she, she goes into this hospital and she deals with a lot of different guys. And she says, like the vast majority of them, it's financial reasons that they're there. And one of the things is that guys tend to tie their ego to their wallet and the success and the, you know, the perception of their success. And so when you're out there driving, you know, a fancy car and everyone, you think everyone's looking at you kind of going, ooh, look at, look at that nice car. I mean, the only person that that matters to is you. Nobody else really cares, you know. And, and so, you know, if you get stuck in this mindset that, you know, you have to kind of overextend yourself and you have to push yourself that little bit further and get that little bit bigger of a house, all of that stuff pushes you in a kind of an unhealthy way. And you're just going to make sure that you've got that discipline, that you don't, um, that you don't push yourself for the wrong reasons. I mean, I was pushing myself for all the wrong reasons. I had an amazing house and and I went and I wanted to build an even bigger one. Like I had a seven bedroom house worth 5.5 million and I was only 35 years of age and I had that house paid off completely. And um, I decided, no, no, you know what? I want the house on the other side of the street that's even bigger. And so I bought, I, I borrowed 2 million against my 5.5 million house, borrowed 2 million, bought this other property, which was on a bigger bit of land. And I went in and I wanted to completely refurbish the house, make it like absolutely amazing. And I can remember it was going to be 8,500 square feet. And it was going to have 10 bedrooms, I think, or maybe it was going to have nine, but it was going to have this huge like master suite and it was going to have all of this kind of amazing stuff. It was really going to be my dream home and it was going to be worth eight million or something like that, according to my figures at the time. And then along comes the global financial crisis, throws a spanner in the works, and I ended up having to sell my seven bedroom home for 1.5 million that's how much the the values fell they fell from 5.5 to 1.5 in the space of about two years and i remember being offered 3.5 at one stage and instead of saying no chance i'm not giving you my house for 3.5 this is worth 5.5 and of course that deal was long gone when it came to the point where i wish i had taken it and selling a house for 1.5 when it had been worth 5.5 that is pretty difficult and you don't stop beating yourself over that. And the house that I want that I went and bought the two, with the two million, I lost that as well. That ended up getting sold to somebody else for under seven, under eight hundred thousand. And um, because it was an old house and it, it needed a lot of work, but that's what I was going to do all the work on. And Anyway, having a real heart to heart with you here, guys, this is the kind of stuff that is hard to talk about, but I am going to be going into all of this in my in my book my own book now i'm not talking about the one chapter that i'm doing for the one coming up to christmas that is kind of a synopsis of the story today but uh, in the book that i'm writing for um, next year it'll be published in 2021 i'm going to be going into all of the detail into the you know how i made all the money and then how i lost a lot of that money in the crash of 2008 and one of the lessons that I'm going to leave you guys with is how, you know, how do you get out of such difficulty when you're just in that point where everything is going wrong? And I ended up back in Dublin living in my brother's place for free because I, I was in such a difficult spot that I actually needed help from my own brother. And 
like this is the thing about having family like they he came along and he bailed me out he could have told me to <laughs> st- stuff myself because i'd been such a, the, the big man living the big fancy life until that point but you know he stuck he, he gave me his place to live he was living in the u.s and he had this house in the in dublin he just said look stay there as long as you need get yourself back on your feet and i did that and um and one of the reasons i I was able to kind of get back on my feet is because I just I flipped a switch in my mind and I said you know what from today I'm taking 100% ownership of these problems that I'm in like there is nobody going to rescue me from this situation the only people who can rescue themselves are yourself and so everything is my fault it doesn't matter that there was the global financial crisis it was my fault once you believe that once you start to actually recognize that you go from being the victim who has no control to being in the driver's seat and once i recognized that suddenly i was like whoa hold on a second i have control here i can actually like make this stuff back i can actually turn it all around and stop beating myself up about the deals that i lost and just look forward anyway it's taken time but you know i have been able to kind of rebuild things it's um and I'm not going to hide my failures from you guys. I'm not going to hide them from anyone because I have a feeling that there are people out there going through similar issues, particularly at the moment with COVID-19 and stuff like that. And what you've got to remember is it's a moment in time. Like this is, if you freeze frame at the moment, yes, you might be in difficulty, but you're just going to understand that it will, you know, time moves on the the world will replace you know various people will be replaced in government and stuff and things will change and and whatever and you'll eventually in a, be in a situation where things have bounced back and and that's what happened in my case you know values started to prop, come back up and things like that but it is one of the reasons why I'm setting all these challenges for myself is that I want to create this super tough mindset I want to put myself out of my comfort zone one of the reasons i did the ten thousand burpees in august was not because it's easy not because i enjoyed it but because it builds mental strength and it creates this super hard kind of personality where i can have the things you know um your, your temptation is basically what i'm getting at if you go and borrow a load of money and you have the temptation to kind of like dip in and buy something fancy that there i wanted to do away with that ability and so that is one of the reasons why all of my challenges and stuff are an important aspect and just being smart and capable is not enough because sure you can go out and you can make a lot of money but if you don't build the kind of the infrastructure around that and the mindset and all that then you can end up blowing it and 60 to 70 percent of premiership footballers the guys that are you know earning fifty thousand a week and stuff 60 to 70 percent of those guys end up bankrupt within three years of retirement and there's now how do you blow 50 grand a week you blow it because your lifestyle goes out of control and you end up a bit of a you know you end up living this lifestyle where it's all about your ego and you're all about you know who's watching me who can see you know the lifestyle i'm living am i amazing and and then suddenly you're retired the money drives up and you're not able to do it any longer so that is a it's a hard lesson for a lot of people and so look guys that book that i'm i've written a chapter four it's got 21 other chapters with some stories from friends of mine really really strong stuff go out and get yourself a copy or even better buy 10 copies that if they're at 99 cents you got no excuse go out and buy 10 copies and buy it and give them away for christmas presents stocking fillers 
so that's it guys look that's the end of today's episode it's it's been a bit of a a rant i suppose you could say but i think these are important things to talk about and uh, as i've said before like your failures do not define you it's how you deal with the failures that you you know for me it's not the fact that i blew all that cash it's the fact that i figured out how to stand up and brush myself off and sort of say okay i made that screw up now i'm going to go and do it again and not only that i'm actually going to embrace it and i'm going to go and talk about it and i'm going to hopefully educate other people about the kind of the dangers of this stuff and what i don't want is for guys to get themselves into difficulty so that they can impress their mates or impress people on instagram and things like that and um, you know i but you know how many houses do you need how many fancy cars do you need all of that stuff is something that you should just do a little bit of a check on yourself and make sure that your values are fully dialed in and that is going to be in my the book that i'm writing for 2021 i'm i'm still in two minds about what i'm going to call it currently the working title is behind the facade and so um the book at the moment behind the facade um it might the, the, the title might change but that's going to be released in 2021 and it'll be a full book by myself um every single story will be you know story from me from my experience from um, making money to how to hold on to it how to develop a mindset my story and all of that stuff and the the, the full book you can actually find you can sign up for it if you'd like if you'd like a, a kind of reminder when that book comes out you go and sign up to my newsletter i think you guys many of you have already done that but if you haven't gavinjgallagher.com forward slash go will take you into it and the um, and the book that i'm releasing this week called um your best life is my my kind of like a sneak preview of my book the chapter that i've written is like a sneak preview of my book that's coming out next year but there's some great stories from some great people that are friends of mine so that's the end of episode 30 guys can you believe 30 weeks i've been doing this for now and um anyway so guys show notes for the links to the various websites and um, things like that thanks so much for listening as always my number one ask is that you leave me a review give me a five-star rating the reviews help so much um, particularly with the algorithm just making sure that more people get kind of uh, notified about this as a good podcast and so the more reviews we have the better if you would like to leave questions or um, suggest topics for me to cover in future episodes please join the facebook group behind the facade community and that way you can connect with me and i'm going to be more and more active on live video in the coming uh, weeks because i have been a bit quiet in there lately and then finally uh, you'll find more about me on my social media gavin j gallagher and that youtube channel that i started prop tech tv i'm still posting stuff in there so by all means go and check it out and um, hope you had a good week guys i'm wishing you the very best and speak soon mm-hmm.